mark the end of one era and mark the beginning of another. T-E-T-C. The end times continue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the end times continue recording on this, the 30th of April. Uh, Jesus, I am Dino, and you are? I'm Ace, every day, every time you mention the date, it's like, oh shit, uh, time's going by it fast. It feels weird, when you, really... when you kind of count by weeks yeah. like that, it, it yes. seems like it goes yeah. by so quickly. I know, yeah, yeah. Oh man, um, so, how have you been, what have you been up to? Oh, I've been pretty good. Well, I'm in the middle of a hurricane right now, so that's fun. Yeah, you said uh, you were dealing with some weather. Not, li- <laughs> not literally. I, you know, I'm up north, but uh, uh, it's very windy here, so if it, it, I don't know if that's going to come through on the recording. It probably won't, but if anyone hears like loud gusts of wind in the recording, that's why. Yeah, if there's any connection issues, it's probably going to be storm-related yeah. as well. Um, yep, yep. Oh, man. Outside of that, you've been good? Oh, yep, very good. Mm. Excellent. I've been I've been hiding in a hole for almost the past <laughs> week or so. It's been the past several days. I, I, I actually was off Twitter for a few days. I missed a couple of messages and stuff. Um But yeah, I've been I've been hiding in a hole. Yeah. And it's uh it's Have you uh, just are you gonna pain. get on Blue Sky? Are you gonna try to get mm. on Blue Sky? I was thinking about it. I haven't looked up I haven't looked it up enough yet. I need to sit down and, and look at it and uh try mm-hmm. and get a code. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, so. I I don't think I've been on there a week yet. I, I believe they give out a free code to every person who's been on there a week or two weeks. I think. So, okay. Uh, when I get some codes, I'll definitely hand them out and stuff like that. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, but yeah, it, it's basically like. Or I I was never on early Twitter, but people say it was like this is like early Twitter, pretty much. Um, it's it's still in beta, obviously. It's Jack's new Twitter, essentially. Right. And the layout is very Twitter like, so like it's it's very much like that. But is it like old nice school Twitter? Because I remember when Twitter changed yeah. the UI. Yeah, many years I don't ago. remember. I only know of the old Twitter UI from like a secondhand uh, reference, but uh, I, I think it looks fairly close to what I've seen before. Oh, yeah. right. And it's very nice because it's not filled with like uh, fascists and communists yet. Oh, uh, cool. So that's cool. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's, Just it's a very generally sane people. <laughs> yes, uh, generally speaking. Yeah, tech early absolutely. adopters and stuff. Yep, yep. Uh, tech, uh, yep, some techies and. Uh, yeah, fairly chill people all around so far, in my experience. Uh, not insane people who should not be on the internet. There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, not not too many people who need to touch grass all that badly. Right, yeah, exactly. That's good. That's good. Um, there was a... Oh, did you see today? I, 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 I didn't mention this before we started recording, so you're not prepared for this. But today, the FBI account for Houston posted the wrong... Um, uh, uh, Lady Jane just sent me a link to this, and it reminded me of it. Um, they posted the wrong mugshot for a suspect. Oh, on Twitter, and it went oh, around, no. and they they had to come out and say like, um, we're uh, we we posted a picture of a mugshot with a blue bag. Don't use it. You shouldn't use that picture. And they didn't clarify what? whether it was even the same guy. 
And, it and I'm sure at that time, like all the news, all like media sites already are using that picture. I'm oh, sure, yeah. The Houston Chronicle like, oh, had to post a thing where it's just like, we'll be posting updates as we get them. But the FDI said that that picture we used was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Fucking incompetence. <laughs> it's almost like the uh, like uh, Jane White uh, posted a picture that was... Um, a bunch of the pictures, the Photoshop pictures of Sam Hyde, and it was oh, yeah. uh, the mass shooters of 2022. <laughs> yeah. People got very oh, angry in his comments. <laughs> this is misinformation. <laughs> do you remember, who is it? Who is it? Um, the uh, congressman or senator. Uh, do you remember when um, the uh, the whole like fake narrative around the ghost of Ukraine? Yes, the uh, ghost of around, Kiev. Yeah, someone, yeah, yeah. Ghost of Kiev. Yeah, and someone photoshopped Sam Hyde into a, like a pilot's uniform. Uh, yep. And, uh, who was the like the dumbass senator or whatever? I can't or, remember. Uh, I cannot I remember, but but I remember yeah. it got taken to the floor of of some legislative body, and and they took it seriously. They thought it was real. Yeah, it's just like Sam Hyde just keeps showing up in all these places. Oh, and it's, it's the never best. not funny. It's yeah. the best. Someone posted a picture of him as Gold Striker with like a with an AK from the kitchen angle on Fish Tank. Oh, oh I saw that. I saw that picture. Yes, yes. It's so good. <laughs> he keeps getting away with. It. Speaking of, have you watched any Fish Tank? Uh, no, I've seen a few clips here and there, but I haven't sat down and watched it. I've been watching a little bit of Fish Tank. This is, the stream is largely kind of boring um, mm-hmm. because it's a lot of time spent with just people sitting around and trying to entertain themselves without their phones. Um, so they try to get them to do activities and stuff like that. But then there are some things, Look, I, I, and I think you might be the same way. I get secondhand embarrassment really badly. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. And when you have people who are trapped in a house, and what they did is they purposefully got the most autistic people they could of get. Of course. Um, yeah. Which is hilarious, but it's also, there was one guy on there um, whose name I, Simmons, I think was his name. And he, he was the kind of autistic where it manifests as, comp- it's not like quirky, yeah. It manifests as being a nuisance with no social grace. Oh, right. And that I feel so ugh, it's just cringe watching it. Yeah. I, I I wanted to crawl out of my skin. Right. Yeah, because yeah. I know what he's doing in his mind. He thinks he's being funny and fun and cool. And and it's just the opposite. <laughs> He's got the whole crowd laughing. Yes, exactly. I yeah. felt so bad for him. He got, I believe he had to leave the house. I believe he was voted off the island, as it were. Um, oh, God. But there's the you one know, guy on there who thinks he's the alpha dude. He's very, very funny. Yeah, I get secondhand embarrassment whenever I watch something that's just cringe or just like just like super embarrassing. Even if I'm not a part of it at all, it's just like I, I have to turn away. I cannot continue like watching or finding out what happens next because I yes. it, I want to crawl out of my own skin. Yep, <laughs> I have that problem. I have to hide my face. Lady Jane's been watching the show called Jury Duty. Okay, mm-hmm. this is a show that there's the conceit of the show. The the show is. Um, there's a whole fake 
civil trial going on. And everybody mm-hmm. is in on it, except for one guy who's a juror. Oh, that sounds really fun, actually. That it does really sound, it sounds really fun. And so what they do is they make shit go wild. And uh, I believe I believe James Marsden is, is one of the producers, and he's also in it. Mm. Like, James Marsden <laughs> was was part of the jury pool. And, you know, he pretended he was acting like, you know, I fully expect to get, you know, let go because I tend to be a distraction to people and, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And the guy tells him, the guy's like, wait, uh, he's, he's like, I'm, I'm James Martin. You know, I was an X-Men. And, and the guy looks at him and he goes, what else were you in? <laughs> um. <laughs> but they just set it up to just have these like wild scenarios and stuff, but it's people saying embarrassing things and I have to hide my face for a lot right. of it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can't watch. I, we were sitting on the couch watching. I had my head buried behind Lady Jane's shoulder. I was like, I can't, I can't watch this. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same way. I guess there's <laughs> some things where it's just like I cannot continue on, uh, like observing this phenomenon in front of me. I just have to turn away. Like, yeah, I cannot do it. Yeah. But if you if you're into that kind of thing, if you want to watch that guy, I have the a concept of it sounds cool. Like I, it sounds funny. Here's the thing: um, I love the concept, but I think they ran into mm-hmm. a problem. I've developed a theory about this show. So they do a thing where they have stand-ups with the other jurors and stuff. The whole point is that like the whole jury had to get sequestered because mm-hmm. uh, the paparazzi stormed the courtroom because James Marsden was there. So the whole jury got sequestered in a hotel. Mm-hmm. And that's the setup for, you know, the wild shit and, you know, why they have to spend so much time together and stuff like that. So my I think they did the show and realized they didn't have a whole lot of content. And mm-hmm. so I think they've padded it in different ways, like with different interview segments and stuff like that, because they're doing mm-hmm. stand ups like like reality show style stand ups mm-hmm. with the other jurors who are supposed to be in on it. Like, they know it's fake. Uh-huh. So why are you giving me a stand-up of this juror who I know's faking it? You know they're right. faking it. Why do they need to have a stand-up in the show? It just seems weird. So it seems like they've tried right. to pad it with, like, office-style cutaway mm-hmm. stand-ups because it, there wasn't much there. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But the, the conceit is really good, and there are moments. There are moments where you can tell that the real the real stuff is happening. Like they put uh-huh. this guy in this weird situation and caused him to have to do something embarrassing. Like there's a juror who's <laughs> pretending to fall asleep, and the judge. First of all, you don't pick a jury foreman until it's time to deliberate. Well, mm-hmm. the judge in this case, this guy doesn't know how the system works, right? So the judge assigned the guy who doesn't know it's all fake to be jury foreman. And he's putting all this responsibility on him, like, oh, it's your responsibility to keep that person awake throughout the trial. (laughs) And there's this woman who's pretending to fall asleep, and he has to constantly poke her, and she's getting real annoyed about it. (laughs) Like, it's there are moments of where it's like that, where it's like, oh, that's funny. That is really funny, just fucking with this guy. Yeah. But it's I en- I enjoy it for its conceit. The execution I think needs work. But mm-hmm. if they got a second season of it, it would be it would be pretty cool. Yeah. Or if they did something similar with another season. Anyway, I'm sorry. That's yeah. fucking ten minutes of pop culture talking television shit. Um <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> But yeah, secondhand embarrassment. It's a it's terrible. 
Mm. There was um, um, another funny yeah, event. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tucker. Yeah. This dropped like right after the episode released, a few hours after. Yeah. Um, yeah. Early Monday morning. Um, so, yeah, Tucker Carlson was uh, fired from Fox News. Um, and that kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, like, they let no him go really... like. Like bang! Like he didn't even get to do a final show like thing. He they no. he was just gone. They just cut him loose. Yeah, yeah. So he he got fired from Fox News, and uh, Don Lemon also got fired uh, from CNN on the same day, uh, which was uh, also funny. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Well, the Don Lemon thing. Actually, before we get into Tucker, I do want to say yeah, the Don Lemon yeah. thing. I was confused by that because people tend to like Don Lemon. People like him, like as far as the audience mm-hmm. stuff goes, but. Um, I, so I was confused by that. I was like, why would they cut him loose? It doesn't make any, I think, I think this happened. I think CNN knew that what was going to happen with Tucker hmm. and Don Lemon. If you look at his actual ratings, he's not a draw. He performs very from what poorly. I understand, and this might not be true, but from what I understand, even his own coworkers don't really like him. Yes. At, at apparently CNN. he's not likable uh, in the workplace. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, so that I'm sure that also, uh, you know, bolstered their decision a little bit as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. He uh, and I think they used as an excuse. I think they did it. I think they I think CNN either knew the Tucker Carlson thing was going to happen or it was a very happy accident. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they used as cover. There was a moment uh, in, a, in a previous broadcast where Don Lemon had said something along the lines of uh, women over 30 are past their prime. Yes, yes. He had said that while they were interviewing somebody on, on the show. And, and they that I think they used that kind of as a way. OK, we're cutting this guy. Because his mm-hmm. his his ratings were not good. I, I wasn't aware of just how bad his ratings were. Um, and that's why I was confused by it, but his ratings are bad. Like he's not, he's not a draw. (laughs) No, for sure. Yeah. So them cutting Uh, him loose does make sense, but the Tucker thing, I'm sorry, let's let's continue with the Tucker thing. What were you going to say? Oh yeah, no, Uh, basically, um, sort of like, it was just sort of like a blindside thing. Right. Whereas, um, uh, from what I understand, and there's no, there was no official reason given from what I understand. It's just like, hey, you know, it's the corporate speak. Hey, we've decided to part ways, you know, yes. uh, which is, uh, yeah, we fired this dude. Um, uh, but, you know, that, that it's corporate speak. But apparently from what some people, have, some people, you know, the, some people say, uh, but um, from what I understand, uh, Tucker had made, well, there was the text message leak, right? That was one part. Um, there was also where I, I think he was being very disrespectful to say, I, some women in the workplace. Is that right? I, I, I don't believe he called a woman. I think it was a producer. He called a cunt. Right. Um, and then yeah. he and, and also some people believe um, he may be attracting a, a defamation lawsuit, perhaps in the future. The yeah. In the possible future, they they think that might be a thing, and um, due to um, I should have remembered this dude's name, the uh, January sixth guy who everyone suspects was a Fed, who was like saying, "Yeah, we need to go in there." That dude, I don't remember slipping yeah. my mind right now, but um, uh, Tucker seemed to say some things on the show on Fox News um, that may open him up to defamation lawsuits in the future. Perhaps um, we'll see, but um, that could have been a reason why. Um, yes, or you know. It, it, 
it, it's not just one thing, right? It might have been an amalgamation of things that all contributed to this. Not one thing in particular. Did I it. think it. I think um, it does connect to his texts were part of the court filings for the evidence in that in the uh, mm-hmm. uh, Dominion trial, uh, the Dominion case. It, I don't think it got the trial. The Dominion case against Fox. The, the defamation case that Fox was going to lose on their face based on the evidence from, from Dominion's filing. Um, mm-hmm. There were a number of people in text messages saying that they knew this story was false and they were running it anyway. Um, and the reason that they mm-hmm. were doing that was because OAN was making hay with it and they didn't want to lose their the Stop the Steal audience to OAN because that's a big right. part of the core audience for Fox News. And so they had to cover it, right? Even though they knew it was bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they had said as much in text messages and Tucker's texts were among those, um, where he was talking about how he personally knew it was bullshit or he personally uh, presumed it was bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that, that w- when they settled that right before it went to trial, they, they, they settled that for uh 780 plus million dollars. Right. So this is almost a billion dollars that organization lost as a result of that settlement, and Tucker Carlson's right. texts were instrumental to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. outside of the fact that I, that uh, it's again, people, people said he called a, a female producer a cunt. People have also said like like you pointed out that that the uh, there might be a case coming for him um, in the future that Fox yeah. doesn't want to be attached to. I don't think it's because he called that he, you know he said that to her in text. I think it's because other people found out like the public found out he did yeah. i'm sure the, you know the big wigs at fox news say that about Dave, their you don't know, give a fuck well time. we all remember the you bill o'reilly I mean? video i yes. mean the the, the bill right. o'reilly video is is one of the one of the greatest video clips of all time but <laughs> but it's i mean that's i mean and also yeah. i mean it's kind of is there's a there's a certain level of I shouldn't say like I know, but but I've I've heard and I wouldn't be surprised at how extensive it is that there is kind of like a hard sort of edge to television news as far mm-hmm. as like the newsroom and the talent and stuff like that right. goes. It's it's, you know, cursing like sailors and being assholes, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of egos involved. There's a lot. of It's kind of high stakes. Oh, yeah. It's very fast. I can I can totally see that being the culture and, and it wouldn't really mm-hmm. matter if the public hadn't found out. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't think they would have fired him in term just internally because of that. You know what I mean? It seems uh, I 100% agree. It seems like he just got real hot all at once. Like he right, just got exactly. way too hot to have on all at once. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we have two, two down. Um, and then, uh, well, Jim Cramer is still with us. He is still, uh, at yeah. CNBC, so he's not been, uh, he has not been ousted yet. Did you see what Jim Cramer said just recently, a couple days ago? He no. said that the, uh, the slap of the first Republic bank could mark the end of the banking crisis. So we're fucked. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So How we're can all you doomed. even say that? Go, Just... go home and hug your loved ones. Uh, Jim Cramer has said everything is okay. Everyone panic. Yeah, it's going to be really bad. It's going to get way worse before it gets worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, he needs to shut his... Or he needs to just walk around and say everything's going to be really bad all the time. 
And yeah, right. <laughs> based upon the way the universe reacts to things Jim Cramer says, it'll get really, really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I fucking hate him. I hate him so much. <laughs> there was, what's the performance? Do you know? Because I have never looked this up, but I know it exists. What's the performance of the anti-Kramer index? Oh God! Yeah, I don't know exactly. Um, I've I've never looked into it exactly, but I know what you're talking about. But it's gotta be. there's a there's a there's a list. There's a, there's a, a an investment methodology that is the opposite of what Jim Cramer says. Do that, yes, and you'll yeah, make money. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, if it works, it's kind of brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have not looked up. I'm sure there's a website or something that tracks it. Um, I'm looking it up now. Uh, I, I got a link. I'm going to send it to you in the DMs. The inverse Kramer index. Yes. <laughs> Hold on, let me turn on Jamis. Oh my god! <laughs> it's up. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> the anti-Kramer index, okay? Since oh, this graph starts in 2017, um at a base of $100,000, it is up to $207,000. up <laughs> since 2017, and there was a big fucking spike in 2021. <laughs> the inverse kramer index is the inverse kramer index is beating the market (laughs) oh my god that's great that's fantastic oh that's funny (laughs) oh that's very funny oh i love that I never looked up. I never looked up what the what the inverse Kramer mm-hmm. index was doing, and it looks like it's very healthy. Good for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh Christ! Oh, oh god! Oh Jesus! Um, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that's the case. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So who who do you think? Uh, w- wait, did we already get the third? I thought there was a third who was fired. Um. Oh. Uh. Wait. Does does, does Crowder let's count? Go with <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh, there might have been. Um. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I, I'm blanking on the third. Yeah, I, I, can't I thought remember. there was one. I'm I think, blanking. So I think there was. Now I can't remember, but it might as well have been yeah. Kramer because that's the bigger. <laughs> the bigger media figure who blew up just absolutely imploded. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um speaking of uh did I say Kramer? I meant Crowder. Um Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it might as well have been Crowder. Uh the the Crowder thing. So Yeah. Uh, I I don't know how to start talking about that. 
because it's so it's so wild mm-hmm. in part because he's so stupid yes yeah <laughs> like the crowder thing okay so this whole thing blew up because he started talking about his divorce on his show he spent like five minutes on his show one day talking about his divorce and he was talking about how terrible it is and how how bad it is that i think he said um says something along the lines of like yeah, that, that she wanted to leave, and in Texas, that's totally permitted, is what he said. So he's talking about how bad no-fault divorce is. Right. He's like, they can just leave, and you can't do anything about it. Right. <laughs> um, now, as I understand it, part of the agreement that he had, and I've seen this in several places, part of the agreement that he had with, his, uh, with, the, with that divorce was, um, don't fucking talk about it. Like, nobody talks mm-hmm. about it publicly. Nobody, right? The 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 ex wife doesn't do interviews. Crowder doesn't talk about it on a show. Nobody and talks about this publicly. And Crowder said he he started talking about this because Candace Owens, I guess, let it leak or something. But Candace still, Owens started yeah. raking him over the coals because this goes back to the Crowder Daily Wire thing. Yes. But when when Crowder was hardballing Daily Wire and being uh, by all you know. Given the context that we have now in hindsight, he was being a fucking douche about it. Um, But when he was hardballing Daily Wire, Daily Wire has a hard-on for raking Crowder over the coals any opportunity they get. And that's what Candace was Mm -hmm. doing. She was talking about his divorce and how, you know, there's this and that. She was just shitting on him for being, for getting a divorce. Um... And then, and that's what why he, he started talking talk about, about it. He could have just said, you know, I think it's pretty low for her to do that. Um, I'm not uh, part of the agreement that I have with my ex-wife, the mother of my children, is that I is that we don't speak about it publicly, and so I'm not going to speak right. about it publicly yeah. uh, because right. I made that agreement with her. And uh, it, I, if Candace Owens wants to wants to be a cunt. And go on and start talking about my private life on the air. She can do that all fucking day long, um, but I'm not. I'm not going to uh, dignify it with a response and then move on. Right. <laughs> That's all you have to do. Yeah, but no, he just started blabbing about it on his show. Yeah, <laughs> like all right, you're just you're, like talk about shooting yourself in the foot. Like that's just. Yep, because he made it seem. He made it seem like this fickle bitch just up and walked out and took the kids and left the family. Yeah, for no just, reason just whatsoever. Yeah, for no yeah, no yeah. good goddamn reason at all. Yeah, exactly. And then it turns out, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm uh, I have thoughts, but there was a video that came out that was I would say it was probably leaked by the ex-wife. To a oh, blogger. I, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's like three minutes of ring camera footage of their back mm-hmm. porch, um, their patio. And also, I want to say it's ironic because some people are, claim, are saying, oh, well, you know, it's a private thing. It should never have been released or whatever. And we're talking about uh, Steven Crowder, who yes. privately records apparently a lot of people. Uh, without their, right, that uh, was the uh, thing you know, too. Was Stephen Crowder released a recording that he made <laughs> of his negotiations with Daily Wire? Yes, it's and a allegedly, private recording shouldn't be released. Yeah, and allegedly, people who have worked for him say he does this. Oh uh, yes, he's done this in the past. Yes, uh, so he records people like, all know, the time. Yeah, so 
So it's quite ironic that, you know, uh, people are coming would be coming to his defense over that, given, you know, he, he's more than happy to do it. Yes. Uh, any other time. Yeah. And then the uh, so 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 these videos come out and in them, this woman, this woman is about to burst. She's like eight and a half months pregnant in these videos. Yeah. yeah. Um, she and, is. And I just say he is being a such a whiny baby. Oh, he's uh, a, he's a little bitch. Video. Like that is just like it was. It was one of those things where it's like, you know, outside of him just being an absolute dick uh, to his pregnant wife of all people, but uh, that he's just like whining in the video. It, it really gave me a real like disgust factor when yes, I was watching. It. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's it was gross. It was yeah. fucking gross, and the shit he was saying too. Like this is the this is the thing that I I cringed so deeply watching mm-hmm. that video because I've never met anyone who I thought was a good dude who mm-hmm. seriously and unironically used the phrase wifely duties. Yeah, right. You just want to like smack the person. Oh. Like you, you know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> There's certain like phrases and like terminology that people use where it's like you just want to strangle them, <laughs> like you, they, they say things, something, and it's like I have violent thoughts now because of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never heard anyone say that phrase and thought that's a good guy. Like, like, yeah. I, like. I, I, uh, to, but to be very clear, um, I've had conversations with people about relationships and about marriage and about stuff like that, and and that phrase has come up not in the sense of like an accusatory way, but just like a, ah, I can't really think of a better word for it than this. But this is kind of that, you know what I mean? It's always like reluctantly used to describe a a, a set of values, right? right? It, that, it's an imperfect descriptor because you can't think of necessarily something else at the time. Exactly, but it's not necessarily exactly. Yeah. that I've heard. That is fine. If you are seriously sitting there and telling a woman to do her wifely duties, you're a fucking douche. (laughs) Yeah, you're a douche uh, just in general, but especially for your eight-month pregnant wife, you're going to be there and be the the biggest, like, baby. Like, of all time, just sitting there sprawled out. Yeah, he's sitting there smoking a cigar, and he's telling this woman who's about to fucking burst to run errands. Yeah. He's telling her yeah, to go like, get the groceries the and shit. Yeah, telling him, I think, like, to walk the dogs, get the groceries, and, and stuff like that. It's like, uh... <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? And he's, ta- and he's saying yeah. it, and he's presenting it like this is the expectation. You're a, you're my wife. My wife! He's, he's right. saying it like he's... he's <laughs> <laughs> that was like a Borat. My exactly! <laughs> he's saying it like it's like it's he says wifely he says do you got to do your wife if you're not going to do your wifely duties i'll go get the groceries yeah. and it's like go get the fucking groceries what are you bitching about yeah, yeah. oh my god <laughs> just so enraging watching that and again going back to what he did on a show he acted like uh yeah she just up and left me for no reason you yeah, know no reason at like, all. yeah now look I do want to be very clear. I'm I'm happy to drag him for coming off like a douche in that video. I'm happy to do that. It's hilarious. Um, I will say this. I will say this. Um, I do not begrudge anyone 
who wants to liken what they saw in that video to their own experience with abuse. I will not begrudge anyone that for making those comparisons and things like that. I personally am going to stop short of saying he was being abusive. Because I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what kind of conversations they've had. I don't know if they have a, I mean, for example, you think about something like this. Yeah, he comes off as a massive douche and is a massive douche for saying fucking wifely duties and shit. But I don't know if they've got some Christian marriage counselor who uses that terminology and that's the way they talk. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Like, Uh, I don't, so I don't know, I can't know everything about their relationship. I do know that he comes off as threatening. Well, I do think... I do think the uh, the abuse would come in, like, I think it was it after the video or when he heads inside. Uh, uh, yeah, like, I believe he said he was going to fuck her up, which he, that he explicitly yes. threatened violence, which is true. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, so I think that can qualify easily as abuse, in sure. my opinion. Sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Other, like, the what happened before, he's just being a total dick. Um, yes. And I like, think they're you know possibly, I mean? <laughs> look, it is possible. But, I mean, do you remember the thing with the car? In the video? Uh, oh yes, 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 yes. She was she was wanting to head out, and and he was telling her she can't take the car. Mm-hmm. And he was like taking it. First of all, why doesn't she have a car? Right. right. Why doesn't she have her own vehicle? And I think, I mean, again, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's in the shop. Who fucking knows? But if it is the truth that he has not allowed her to have a vehicle. Mm-hmm. At that point, you're approaching the region that, or you're in the region that I would call c- controlling behavior that could indicate abuse. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so it's that kind of thing where it's like you don't get to. First of all, I, I, I understand to some extent not wanting the car to be gone because I personally, I feel weird if I don't have my car with me. Like if I'm on a trip and I don't have my car, I feel weird. I feel like I, I constantly mm-hmm. need to be able to hop in the car and go just in case, you know what I mean? Right. So, so I, I, I do feel, I do, if that's where it comes from, I get it. I have a feeling that's not it where it comes from. Gone with her. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Or, he could have gone with her in the car. Or she could have her own car. Right. Like, like if she had her own car, that was his thing too. Is you're like, you could just take an Uber and it's just like, she should have a car. Are you telling me Steven Crowder, who is a millionaire, uh, cannot get a second car? Uh, you know, and again, maybe it was in the shop. Maybe it was in the shop. Uh, as you said, maybe there's some, you know, externality or, or something, some that, uh, there's a good explanation for why they, I suspect maybe they have that's a not the case. I, I want to be clear. I'm not me trying too. to invent excuses. I suspect right, that's not right. the case. I suspect he's a exactly. controlling dick who won't let her have a car. Yes. 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and like, for one, like, I don't know, just it's for, to me, when I watched it, it came across as like, you know, I, I can't imagine speaking to someone like that in person uh like just all together really unless you know they were being like a total dick first or something right uh not outside of that but uh, especially like your pregnant your eight month pregnant wife and you're gonna be like this little like bitch uh just sitting there uh smoking your cigar and like giving all these commands and it's like unbelievable and the terminology that he was using was kind of what gave it away like because i can see having a conversation like that about those same issues 
I could never see having it in that way. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You could put this in the context. Look, there, there, you could have uh, the type of situation where the, the, the variables are the exact same, but the way you approach it is completely different, right? It, right. It, you, like other people put in that situation would handle it probably very differently. Well, and also... Uh, Lady Jane and I have had conversations about, about household work and, and you know, uh, she has at times felt totally fairly that I wasn't pulling my fucking weight. And we've had that conversation. It's gone the other way too. And you can have those conversations without it being a um why don't you fucking do what i say woman thing mm -hmm. like you can have right. those conversations about legit if you're, if you're if you're legitimately operating in a partnership which i think is part of the problem is they don't see it that way um but if you're legitimately trying to operate as a partnership you can have conversations if you feel like the other person's not pulling their weight those conversations are fine and healthy to have but you have to have them in a healthy way <laughs> right i feel like you know i, I this kind of like dovetails a little bit into like the, the quote unquote trads, you know, the online quote unquote yep. trads, uh, which is like I, I, I was talking to some uh, friends about this um, the other day, which is that when they say they want a trad wife, I feel like what a, some of them really mean is that they want to help. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like they want a person in their house uh, who, you know, I don't want to or to say that they own but that they they want they, they want a maid that blows them that's what they want yeah. <laughs> right that's what they're after right. in a lot of in a lot yeah. of those cases they're not they're mm -hmm. not looking for <clears throat> they'll wrap it up in terminology and this is an interesting thing too and actually shoe on head who I don't usually refer to, um, but she has interesting takes every now and then, and she's kind of funny besides. Um, she did a video on TikTok trad wives mm -hmm. and kind of how they uh, they sort of, you know, it's, it's a presentation of a lifestyle for clicks, right? Like anything online right. is. But the response to women who genuinely seem to be fulfilled by having the life of a homemaker, right? Mm -hmm. um, people really disparage those women, and that's not good or fair. Oh, sure. I, I think you see that a lot where it, like, you could post a picture or a video of someone of someone being happy on the internet, and it will be oh. filled by people who are just miserable and hating on Crabs in a bucket. Reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, but I think too that the some of these guys that that these trad dudes these trad dudes um mm -hmm. on the internet statue PFPs um who are single or divorced uh who want a trad wife and they they talk about how much all of this shit's important and family and well, yada 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 um while they don't have one and they 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 talk a big game about all that. But at the end of the day, they are wrapping what is marketable to the TikTok trad wives, this idea of like being fulfilled as a homemaker and all of this stuff. They don't give a fuck about that aspect. They don't, they, they use the terminology, but they don't care whether or not the woman is fulfilled by her role as a homemaker and enjoying that and, and getting everything right. she wants out of it. They don't give a fuck about it. They want a maid who sucks their dick. That's what they're after. Mm -hmm. And if she's fulfilled by it or not is of no consequence to them. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think that's I think that's very accurate. Yeah. And, uh, and it seems it, to me like, that Crowder comes off that way. I'm sorry. Continue. 
No, I was just going to say, uh, with, with Crowder, too, like, you know, this is all alleged, right? We don't have, I don't have any proof or facts of this. Uh, but from the people he's worked with in the past, people say he's just, like, a bitch to work with. Oh, they like, say, uh, yes. Many people very, have said he's an absolute yeah. terror. Yeah. So for people who so for people who may watch this video and may think that there's a fluke or maybe there's other context, and I'm sure there's other context. But, you know, that doesn't mean that what we're watching is, like, deceiving in some way, just because there's other contexts that we don't right. have. Um, uh, given what people have said about Crowder, it very much lines up with his personality in this video from the things that people who've worked with him have said. Yes, absolutely. Crybaby narcissism all the way down. Um, I do. Uh, <clears throat> there was somebody who made a point that I thought was kind of interesting. And it got me thinking about the similarities and differences between the two cases. So somebody had pointed out, they had said, um, I think it was actually Razor Fist, had said, uh, when Amber Heard released the, the recording she released, everybody crawled up Johnny Depp's ass and absolutely ripped <laughs> him to shreds before the reality of the situation was able to come out. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think what he, the argument he was making is that the release of this video is like the Amber Heard stuff. And mm -hmm. I disagree with that. Mm -hmm. I disagree with that for, for one reason in particular, and that is Amber Heard wanted the notoriety that came with being a survivor of domestic abuse and releasing all those recordings and shit like that. That's what right. she wanted. Right. Um, Crowder's ex-wife didn't want any of this to be public. Yeah, this didn't go public until he talked about it and he broke the agreement. Right. Right. She did not. It seems, based on everything I've seen, it seems that she had no interest in this being a public thing. And she did not release anything until she was basically forced to because right. he intoned in on his video for five fucking minutes on a show that. She was a, a, a fickle cunt who just up and left. And you can do that in Texas right. because no fault divorce and all this other stuff. And she, at that point, right. she's compelled to say, no, I left for a good goddamn reason. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's one of those things that I, I, while, while I, I understand the comparison. Um, I mean, in the, OK, so in the Johnny Depp thing, right, in the Amber Heard thing, um, to me, Amber Heard came across as the narcissist. Um, yes. Easily, yes. Uh, in my own, in my personal opinion. And in this video, uh, it, Crowder is coming across as a narcissist 100%. Yes, that's, another, that's so, another difference, too. Watching it, the personalities, um, Crowder does come across like a narcissist. Like, he's not... In, mm -hmm. in the way that he's exactly as you said, Amber Heard and Crowder seem more alike in these situations right. than than uh, Crowder and Johnny Depp. Right. There's not yeah. a, there's not a situation in the in the Amber Heard videos where or there, rather there's not a situation in the in these videos where where Crowder's saying, you know, hey, stop hitting me. Don't I don't don't hit me again. I didn't. Uh -huh. and, and, and Crowder's ex-wife is saying, I didn't punch you. And Crowder's saying, don't tell me what it feels like to be punched. Just don't hit me again. And, right. and things like that. Like, that's not here. Right. There's there's nothing here that that. <clears throat> and even outside of that, there's no attempt by Crowder to remove himself from the situation like you saw with the Johnny Depp thing. Right. Um, 
there's no it, 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 you're right it feels like he's the narcissist here that's the tone that's coming across in this conversation right and this is when and she look, was still pregnant this was before yes. they split like yes. it's not like yeah. it's not like she knows the ring is there and is like keeping this video for the future like i don't if it comes out that also, she did that she's conniving as fuck because i don't believe it I don't know if this was a, and I should have looked this up, but I don't know if this was an official reason given for one of the reasons, main reasons why she split. But um, supposedly, uh, do you remember that time Crowder was in the hospital getting a surgery? I think he was like, <laughs> I, I don't remember. Uh, he, got like, a, uh, he got a boob job because he, yes. had, a, he had a concave chest. Yep. And um, his claim was that it made it very difficult to breathe. And so the, mm-hmm. the chest surgery was necessary. Um, right. I mean, here's the thing. It probably would make it easier. Um, yeah. but it wasn't an emergency situation. He he was he was right. plenty old with that divot in his chest, he would have been fine. Do what? How much of it was a self-image issue? You know what I mean? I think and there was a little bit of an image issue, and I think it's also possible that here's the thing. If we're operating on the assumption that he's a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're you're a narcissist. Put yourself in the position of a narcissist. You're a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Your wife is about to be the center of attention for weeks. Right. Because she's about to give birth to twins. Right. Yeah. How can you put that Steal spotlight that back on yourself? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. By scheduling yeah, a surgery so, so, for when she needs to well, give birth and well, then having complications. Yeah. So, exactly. So what we're leading up to with this is that um, he was not there for the birth of his children. He was not. He was not. He scheduled his surgery, his unnecessary surgery. And I'm not even saying it, it wasn't like a good surgery to get for the condition yeah, he had. It I'm probably sure, was. Yeah, I'm sure there were medical benefits to the surgery. You know what I mean? I'm Absolutely. Not saying- but how much of that was the primary motivation for the surgery itself? It right? did, it that, did that, not have to happen then. Right. Of all times. Right. Yeah. Like, are you telling me that it just so, you know, coincided that, you know, you were going to die or something or have horrible, long lasting health issues if you waited, you know, a week or something after, you know, mm-hmm. like, unless he can show that I'm going to believe I'm going to keep on believing that he did do this. Uh, just because, like, as you said, to kind of steal the limelight away. Yes. He knew his wife was about to be the center of everybody's attention for weeks, mm-hmm. and he needed to have some of that. He couldn't let that happen. Um, that's how narcissists think. That's how they fucking operate. They do shit like that, and it's natural for them. Like, they, they, like they operate in a universe whereby it's, how can I have all the attention all the time? That's how narcissists right. Main operate. character syndrome. Exactly. Yeah. That's the, that's the, that is the, the, the disease that they have is that behavior. Mm-hmm. And so if the, if the assumption then is that Steven Crowder's a narcissist, it makes that make perfect sense. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, and so he's talking about that. There, there was the, uh, there was the other thing too, where I think there was another, his response to this, and we're giving all this background because the response to this has been hilarious. Um, but the, his response to this was he is, he has claimed that he's going to work on unsealing the court documents. Which, which is hilarious 
because he was the one who broke the agreement in the first place. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But now that this video's leaked, he, now he has, feels the need to defend himself. Now, he has said that medical records are going to be unsealed and stuff like that. The general theory I have seen is that there is something in the psych records for his wife that he can spin to be damaging for her. Right. He may, maybe they're going to try to pull, oh, she has BPD, you know, or something like that. BPD or, or, know. or, uh, or bipolar, maybe. Like, there's, yeah. there's something in there that he can spin and make it seem like she's the crazy one. Right, right. But even if that is true, that doesn't show anything. Like, you know what I mean? Well, it like, doesn't mean shit. Of... If you have a if you have yeah. a super compliant bipolar patient, they're 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 no different from anyone else. Like yeah. they're not. They're, exactly. You're not constantly in mania and shit like that. If you're if you're a compliant right. patient, and BPD is different. That's a that's a personality disorder that can cause yeah. very real problems. And narcissism is the same way. But I think if anybody in that relationship, based on um, everything surrounding this, all the context around this, the thing that people who know these people have said. Um, seems to me that if anybody has BPD and narcissism in that relationship, it's Crowder. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but for things like that, I mean, if she's got some sort of diagnosis of, I, I, I would think that the easiest thing to spin would be bipolar. Sure. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm sure she doesn't have BPD or you would have said that immediately. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Sure. Um, but it, it, so it seems to me that the thing that would be easiest for him to spin would be if she has a bipolar diagnosis. Mm-hmm, right. And he could just make it seem like, oh, she's manic all the goddamn time and all this other stuff. And it's like, well, that's not right. really true. If you have a compliant bipolar patient, they're perfectly functional. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that doesn't but that doesn't change, you know, the way people see it. Right. The, the general. Right. No, you're completely right. Right. The, like the the first uh, inclination when someone about like health issue they immediately assume like the worst case scenario for that mental health yes when, when the reality is obviously you know it's like a bell curve like almost everything else where it's like most people are in the mean they're in the average right um they're not on the either uh, right you know, so yeah it's it's very it's very much you know poisoning well uh, uh of a person's character and now maybe crowder could say oh well they did me when I mean, he could, you broke up a little bit. I'm sorry. You, you they did it oh. to him when? Yeah, yeah. So like he he like he's saying. I'm sure that well they pulled by really the uh, camera footage. Uh, but you were but Crowder was the one who talked about it first. He broke the agreement. Yes, uh, their agreement not to talk about it. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> he could have because uh, I mean I'll, I'll, I'll say again he could have just basically painted Candace Owens as the cunt. And said, this isn't my, this is not your fucking business, first of all. And we have an agreement where we're not talking about this publicly. This is our private life. And you can right. mind your goddamn business. And then moved right. on. Yeah, that's all he had to say. I mean, but he, he elected not to. And then he made it about no-fault divorce, which, <laughs> who boy. <laughs> what are some of the takes you've seen about this? Because I, I went through and I read some Yeah, a little bit. With no fault of her, some of the takes I've seen from people I've interacted with on Twitter are basically like, well, you know, uh, she made an agreement. You shouldn't be able to just leave an agreement uh, that you made, uh, specifically a marriage contract like that, without both parties essentially agreeing um, uh, to withdraw. And 
that's been the general consensus. Also, some people will bring in the, like the well, you should honor your oaths. But I, I want to make something clear, right? Like, just because you may think someone should honor their oath doesn't that there therefore does not mean that they are legal you are legally justified in restricting them from not following through i was about to say it doesn't create a legal obligation yeah yeah right if i say hey i'm going to you know uh come pick you up tomorrow at 2 a.m or something or 2 p.m or something right um you know you have an expectation that i'm going to do it and it would be a very good thing for me to you know follow through with that that's different than a legal obligation to do so right um you know uh so yeah that's that when people say that it's like you're kind of just missing the point you're basically just saying you should be a good person uh you know in 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 that way which you know sure but that's not the crux of the issue if you want to make an argument Yes, if you want to make an yeah. argument about the legality of breaking your promises, or, or mm-hmm. if you about the morality of breaking your promises, that's a fine mm-hmm. argument, and we can talk about that yeah. all day long. I mean, that's there's nothing wrong with that. The yeah. problem is that a promise is not legally enforceable, right? And that's <laughs> right. not just that's not, by the way, just a like an ought to be like ideal description of uh, of an ideal legal framework. That's the uh-huh. fact today. A promise right. is not legally enforceable. Yeah, if I say, you know, uh, I, I'm going to uh, come, uh, you know, to your birthday party or something tomorrow, and then I just decide, you know what, I, I'd rather just go to sleep uh, and take a nap instead. Uh, you can't call the cops on me and have them, uh, you know, attend your birthday party. Right. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you know. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't work that way. And there's the, yeah. the, the, even, the if you feel, even if someone feels that I morally should uphold that promise, uh, you know, and I'm not even saying that they're wrong. I, I would I would oh, agree sure. that you should, you know, you should be a, a man of, or a person of your word. Um, but but that doesn't have anything to do with the legality of it. Mm-hmm. What is legally justified in enforcing. Now, I will say this. A lot of the problems that I see people have with no-fault divorce are actually mm-hmm. problems with family law. Oh, yeah. Like, like, the, like there are people who have big problems with no-fault divorce and all this other stuff, and, and their complaints amount to, like, alimony and, and custody issues and things like that. Right, which and is a separate thing. That's different. That's a, that's a problem with family court. That's a problem with family law that you have and the way that family law functions in the U.S. And there are issues with that. Um, now, in certain places, and, and this is happening in Texas, uh, so in Texas, there's not a whole lot of alimony that happens. Texas doesn't tend to like alimony. <laughs> so um, alimony is probably Remember not going to be an alimony? issue for Crowder. Right. So there's the there's there's a there's there's this kind of these issues that people have with no fault divorce. They they tend to be actually their issues with family court. And ironically, we should talk about this, too. Okay, so no fault divorce. This is a a a legal framework. That ameliorates what was and has been a common law mm-hmm. responsibility to show cause to dissolve a marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and and the, the cause could be any number of things. It could be neglect. It could be abuse. It could be um, right. what's called desertion. 
Um, uh, there, there are any number of things that could serve as grounds for divorce, but one of the things right. that you run into a lot is there are certain kinds of abuse that we consider to be abuse now that would not have been considered abuse during the time that the common law around divorce was developing. So, mm-hmm. for example, we have this, these, these kinds of controlling behaviors that we consider to be abusive. The idea that, like, she doesn't have access to her own money or mm-hmm. or she's not right. you know she's not she's not allowed to have a car <laughs> right right like kind of, kind of like subject to the man's property and yes. incorporated into it in some way yeah. and these are from a, a, a time in which in which wives were functionally property right yes. so yes correct so there are things that we consider to be abusive practices now that come from that time period um, that would not serve as cause for divorce in a lot of places if you didn't have no-fault divorce. And outside right. of that, um, it's difficult to prove some of these things anyway. Right. It puts the burden on the person who wishes to leave uh, rather than the person who wishes to keep them in, the, in right. the contract, which is a very kind of weird system. It'd be like <clears throat> if I if I wanted to like leave some stat, let's say I wanted to go uh, like I sat down, I wanted to go order some food, and I, then I decide to change my mind right while I'm inside the the uh, establishment. So I go to walk out, and they're like, no, 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 you can't walk out. You first have to give us a reason why you wanted to leave. Uh, you know, before we'll let you leave. Uh, it's very weird. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it is very weird, and it's 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 a it's okay. So there's a there's a, a concept, in, and it seems to me that th- that this is what people are arguing for. There's a concept in contract law called specific performance, and specific right. performance necessitates that uh, a person who is in breach mm-hmm. of a contract is told by the courts that they have to perform the contract. This is right. generally not used because it tends to suck. Yes, <laughs> because if someone who's if someone is forced to perform a contract, they're not going to do the best job they could otherwise. Right. And especially when a yes. lot of contract disputes are for like services and craftsmen and things like that. Right. Uh, you're probably not going to get a great product out of the end result. Yeah. So also performance from, is not generally demanded. Yeah, yeah it's you're not going to get a good result. And also from like just a libertarian point of view. I would reject specific performance as uh, yes. justified um, because like if if I've like if someone hit let's say let's say this right let's say um, you and I enter a contract right you say I you ask me to paint your house right and you pay me up front uh, you know a certain amount of money and then the time comes for me to paint your house and I don't show up. Um, now mo- for some people, some people, if, if you believe in specific performance, you would say that I am legally obligated at the threat of force, uh, to paint your house. Right. Um, the libertarian, uh, answer to this in a Rothbardian contract sense would be no, no, no. Um, you, you actually do not have to paint the house, but you must give the money back and with damages. Um, you have to give the money back with, with whatever damages and probably whatever the increased cost of buying a new painter is, you're going to have to cover that too. Um, right. That kind of thing. Just make the person whole. Give them, yes, uh, give them what's, uh, <clears throat> actually, I'm not sure. There are many different kinds of contract damages. One of them is called benefit mm. of the bargain. And there's, they basically break down the different types of contract damages break down to um, different types of formulas. <laughs> so it's like, it's very strange. So I was about to say you have to give them their benefit of the bargain, but I'm actually not sure. 
that that's the damages that would be owed. I but think I, it would just it's be just a general sense, yeah. just like a general. It would be whatever's sort of what to expect. Whatever was paid down plus whatever the increased cost of getting the services over the contract price. Yeah, some amount of interest or yeah, 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 um, something like that. But it's, yeah, it, but not not slave labor, basically. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> you can't, right. You can't yeah, use you, slave you can't labor to enforce a contract. Someone. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing I think a lot of people like kind of miss, even some people who are like are, claim to be libertarians or, or good libertarians in a lot of other senses will say that, well, it's not really slavery because you agreed in the past. It's like, OK, but I, I disagree now. Right. <laughs> like, OK. Like, okay I, yeah, I agreed in the past and the agreement was there in the past. But just because I, I, that doesn't mean that, like, if I say, you know, I could say a lot of things. I could say, yeah, when I turn, at, you know, this number of years, you get to come come into my house and shoot me or something. Right. Right. Uh, but if I change my mind, I don't have to let you shoot me or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, just just think of some absurd examples here. But it's just like, yeah, right. you, you can change your mind. Um, well, it's it's the it's it's. In any case, there's the arguing for specific performance in marriage mm-hmm. is um, stupid because yes. we don't. <laughs> The courts won't even apply specific performance in a service contract. Like, well, and imagine like the hor- the horrifying aspect of imagine a prostitution. What specific performance would entail? Oh God, there. yeah. Oh God, absolutely. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, there's a there's no there, the, arguing for that's dumb for its own reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not, I mean, I mean, let's, let's be, let's be fair. That's not necessarily the argument that's being made with the no fault divorce thing. I, I agree. Yeah. One of the arguments that I've seen a lot of people make, I've seen people make the contract argument, which I think is just nonsense because there are people who are just like, you're mm-hmm. not allowed to back out of a contract. Like, you know, you are. Yeah. You, you are. can always back out of a contract. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it might cost you something, but right. You always can. Um, and 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 I agree, by the way, with some of the people whose complaints are that the the family law system rewards just that the just what just, well, just what um what uh, Crowder's ex wife is being accused of here, which is being a fickle bitch and just leaving for no good reason uh, because you you don't want to deal with your problems or whatever it is like that that sometimes that gets rewarded by the family law system. I think there's some mm-hmm. truth to that, uh, and and I and I and that should be fixed. Like you shouldn't just reward people for breaking their 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 marriage. You you shouldn't. That should not be sure. a lotto ticket. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. A divorce shouldn't be a money making enterprise. <laughs> right. Right. And there are people who use it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, 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 I think there's truth to that complaint, but it doesn't get to the core of no-fault divorce. It's, a, just, it's just a complaint right. about the result given family law. <laughs> right. Um, no-fault divorce as a, as a, as a concept is, is sort of necessary. Because without yeah, it... Yeah, if you believe in freedom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's the there's the religious argument for it, but I wanted to I wanted to say this I wanted to point this out too. I think the religious argument should be rejected for other reasons. Um, the religious argument against divorce I don't I don't and and the primary reason is this the court is not your fucking church. The court 
does not exist right. to handle your religious quibbles. It does not exist right. to to uh, <laughs> to serve as a moderator for your doctrinal disagreements, and it doesn't exist to uh, to salve your spiritual relationships. Okay. The court isn't for that. If you want that service, go to church. Right. So the idea that the court should be upholding your religious marriage for spiritual reasons, no. Get that shit out of here. Yeah. Why are you why are you like reaching out to a secular institution to uphold your idea of a religious sanctimony? You know, yeah. the sanctimony. Of a, yes. It, it yeah, it makes no sense. Go to church. I don't get, get that shit out of the courts. The courts do not yeah. exist to solve your religious issues. Yeah. That is that is one of the greatest annoyances that I have with some of these people are are uh-huh. the, especially some of the people who are um who are uh oh what's the term that's being thrown around now the Christo fascists or whatever uh-huh. it is like the the that's the biggest issue I have with some of these people is that it's like stop like the Christian nationalism type yes, stuff that people yes. want to, yeah exactly the Christian nationalists the biggest argument that I have with these people is stop asking me to pay for your theology right <laughs> yeah if you have a theological problem if you have an issue if you have an issue with your spiritual relationship with your wife take it to your pastor not a judge <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> very simple. You know, it's it's very funny because like the whole idea is that well, you know, a lot of these people, if you if you were to tell them that you know the state should not be involved in marriage, a lot of them would agree with you up until and, and then when you talk about no fault divorce, uh, which is a, a very legal, uh, you know, framework, then they're like, oh no, we need the courts to like you know act and you know it's just. Yes, exactly. Well, it's why there are two. It's why there's two things you have to do, right? The the for a religious marriage, it's not enough just to go to the county clerk and get a marriage license and have it signed and have an officiant there who does the thing and then go home. That's not enough mm-hmm. for a religious marriage. It is enough for a legal one. Right. Yeah. So like, you don't like, like the, 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 the legal marriage yeah. is not your religious relationship. Right. And there are already like religious institutions, churches all throughout the world uh, that will already like disbar you uh, from their services um, if you do not uphold certain standards. Right. Right. Um, in, in these like inter in these like uh, marriages and interactions. So. So, yeah, it's not like what you're saying, what these people like on one hand, what they're advocating for already exists within the confines of like their religion. Where uh, it belongs. Then they go farther. <laughs> yeah, it, and then they go farther and say, well, no. Uh, on one hand, they'll say, well, no, the state shouldn't be involved in marriage. And then they'll say, oh, also, we need the state to get rid of no-fault divorce. Right. Uh, and enforce uh, a different uh, set of standards. The state should be enforcing my... And here's the other thing, too. This is the other issue I have. Your problem's not with no-fault divorce. If that's what you're arguing, exactly. your problem's not with no-fault divorce. It's with divorce generally. Right. And the, the, the reason that... That, uh, that that is to be rejected outright is that there is no legal basis upon which the state gets to force people to stay married. Right. 
if the church wants to disown you for getting divorced, if you if your relationship gets if your uh, your your reputation and your spiritual community gets torched because you decided to get in divorce, that's your business. Yeah, that's, and that's yeah, fine. And that's right. your enforcement mechanism. Yes. The state is not your spiritual enforcement me- mechanism. I think it is for a lot of people. <laughs> they see it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but just, I mean, you want to talk about how strong your communities are and how strong your church community is and how you're part of the body of Christ and all this other well, stuff also, that I grew up with. Yeah. That's always my favorite thing, too, right? These people are always talking about, like, how well you need, you know, these strong foundational communities. It's if you have to use, a, you know, the state, which is, a, you know, a, sort of a euphemism for putting a gun to someone's head mm-hmm. uh, and forcing them to do things that they don't want to do. It seems that your community isn't that, you know, tight-knit as you are claiming it to be. Or, you know, is, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, your community it, can't police its own, it seems. Yeah. God, it's just the, the and and here's the thing. I don't like. I'm not a religious guy. I don't expect yeah, a religious community to necessarily function all that well. I've seen it not mm-hmm. go well many many times. So I'm not saying necessarily that that should be your recourse as a religious person is to always go to the religious community. What I'm saying is, if you want to take advantage of, if you want to go outside of your religious community. And take advantage of everyone else's resources. <laughs> you don't get to do it in service of your spirituality. Right. You have to do it by the rules that affect everyone, not your insular community. Right. And that's what you're asking for is what you want. When you want a strong community, a strong church foundation, with all these family values and stuff, you're asking to have an insular community. You should. That's cool. That's good. Yeah. And I don't mean to uh, like put all of this on like religious people in general because it applies to like. Well, no, those are the people who people. I'm complaining about in particular at the moment. Yeah, yeah right, right. Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm just saying in relation to what I'm. I, I'm saying that in in relation to what I'm about to say, not what you said. But yeah, um, like so in like I, I'm not trying to apply this to like just religious people because everyone does it. But there is a certain like self assuredness that you're right. Um, and again, this everyone does this, but I think this is also particularly strong in in devout religious types. Uh, that it's like, well, no, it's it's justified. It's to you know do all this because you know it's it's my moral commandment for no one should be able to get divorced, and then therefore uh, we can use whatever means we need to to stop that from happening, right? Um, even if those means include violent means, yeah. Um, yeah. And here's and, the thing, and, you if, know, you, if you if you if you if your church wants to hold up signs and picket the divorce court or whatever, or divorce attorneys, you want to go picket divorce attorneys' offices, have at it. Yeah. Go do that. Yeah. But that's your enforcement mechanism. Right. You don't right. get to use the state for it. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh it's it's yeah i don't know it's just like the the whole and I, i've had discussions about this with other people as well right where they'll say well this is more if someone were to say well this is morally wrong let's say right and i'd be like okay even if i don't agree with them necessarily i'm willing to accept it for the sake of the argument and then i'll say okay uh now from there how do you get from it is therefore automatically justified to use force against them 
because those are not the same things, even if they often overlap with each other, even if, you know, uh, things that, you know, we would say uh, are rights violations are immoral, that doesn't mean that all immoral things are therefore rights violations, right? Um, this it's is, not a one-to-one overlap. Yeah, you're, you're, that's, that's exactly right. And you're touching on the disagreement that, that both of us have had with some of, some of these other, some of the other uh, conservative communities that are more religious based. They're, they're less, less about, especially Catholics and Orthodox and things where, where they talk about, they confuse what the standards are, um, in a very general sense where they consider, uh, the nap, to be the whole of moral law. Right, yes. Um, as opposed to it's, what it actually is, which is just an, an axiom that tells you when it's okay to use violence. Right, and when they do this, it's actually they're invoking an argument from ignorance, right? Which is to say that because because they don't... Because we are not saying anything else past the nap, that therefore that means that we're saying that the nap is all that there is, right? But that's just like, you know, it's like the absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. Right. Uh, right. right. Like we're not in when we say uh, the nap is the sole foundation of our libertarian theory of justified action. That does not mean that. It, we're saying that only uh, all these other things cannot also qualify as virtuous or a disvirtuous, you know, all these types of qualifications we could apply to something. We're only talking about justifiable, enforceable action. Yes. That's all we, we mean when we're talking about the non-aggression principle. When is we're it okay to if, use violence? That's yes, the only question that's that. answered by the NAP. Correct. It's the only, it, it's, it, it seeks out a question and it attempts to answer. And that's all it does. We're, you know, no, it remains agnostic on all questions of, you know, whether moral value is virtuous. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, moral value, moral virtue. These things are all uh, the nap is agnostic. Libertarianism is agnostic to these things. And you you can have whatever wide ranging opinions you want. That's the strength right? of it. That's the, uh, that's the thing. That's people would see that as a failure of yes. of libertarianism or of the nap generally is that it doesn't reach those things but that's the it's strength of it is that right. we we are we are then free to have long conversations on this show as we have about what yes. actions we believe to be moral because the nap is not right. involved at all there's no violence here there's nothing there's there's nothing going on that the nap has any questions about now we're just talking about straight ahead what is virtuous and what is not and we're allowed right. to have those conversations in in a with the understanding that violence isn't going to get involved, this is about what's right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, exactly. That's the strength so, of it. You have to separate, um, like, rights from virtues, and if you don't do that, then you're, you're, whatever political or, or moral system you come up with is going to be uh, barbarous. Oh, uh, yes. In, you know, oh, yeah. in, in some regard, I think, because if you, if you don't make that fundamental distinction then either one way or the other, you're going to just end up with a horrible, horrible, um, like, outcome and result. There's no... Um, but it's something that it's very hard to get people to understand, is that there's no... There is no... There is no necessary causal link between morality and state enforcement. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. That's Boonarian, vices are not crimes, very basic shit. Yes. And then there is, there is also... Uh, a limit to libertarian philosophy with regard to morality. 
and and this limit is not an oopsie. We don't know what to you know. We don't know what to do here. It's it's intentional. It's, it's intentional. yes. It's, it's this, like, we it's don't not... care about that with regard right. to this this flood, which is one of the reasons that it's which is one of the reasons that people who complain that the nap is incomplete are correct. The nap yeah. is incomplete. Yeah. It's not a whole <laughs> moral life. there's no there's no fully formed moral code that comes from it right it would be like if we were discussing you know what our favorite football teams were and then you know we were having this you know uh, discussion about it and then someone comes along and said but but what about hockey why don't you guys like hockey exactly say anything about it (laughs) we're not talking about hockey right now (laughs) yeah we're talking about football Uh, you know what i mean like it's It's exactly here and it's yeah, it's it's like that classic meme. It's like someone can go on Twitter and say, "I love waffles," and then someone else say, "Why do you hate pancakes?" <laughs> it's it's very it's right. Like, well, we didn't say that. And I will say yeah. that maybe there's a little bit. Maybe maybe this is a little bit of my more conservative bent coming through because I've said many times I'm one of the more conservative guys I know. <laughs> um, maybe this is a little bit more a, a little bit of my sort of conservative bent leaking in. But I think part of the fault for that it lies with libertarians. Because there has been a general um, behavior uh, where libertarians get so autistic about it that that having a conversation about morality outside of the context of what is the state allowed to do is yeah. something it's difficult. And, and I've had this problem before. That's how I know is because I've been here um, and, and, and am there still sometimes. It's difficult to get a libertarian to have a conversation outside of what does the state allow. It's 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 if a if someone were to come up to me and ask me, is X wrong? Um, it's it's difficult to answer that question in a way that is depending on the context of the conversation. There's two answers to that question. The right. one answer is um, not wrong enough that you get to use the state to enforce it, and then whether or not I think it's actually wrong. And I think libertarians have a hard time getting to question number two on that because they get really hung up on question number one is like what the state comes in and enforces it when that's not necessarily the conversation at all times. Right. Because you you have to understand when someone says, is this wrong? You have to like dial in and really dig down and and get to the bottom of what they mean by wrong. And for some people, I know that can be really pedantic, but it's very important. You have to know what the other person is asking you in order to answer the question effectively. And I think that's one of the things that have led people to misunderstand to some extent. Some of it's willful, of course, because it's been explained a million times and they still won't understand it. But there, there are some people who I think have been led to misunderstand the 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 nap as a as a principle, um, because libertarians have such a hard time getting over that hump of just make a moral judgment. You're allowed to just make a moral judgment on somebody. It doesn't mean you want the state to go after them. You're allowed to say this person is doing a bad thing. You're allowed to say that somebody's a bad person. Yeah. And look, um, even if you disagree, even if you disagree about the contents of what is a a moral or immoral action, uh, all all libertarians should kind of, and I think they do implicitly or tacitly, um, they do understand that, yeah, that something can be immoral and not a rights violation. For example, let's talk about, let, imagine the pacifist Nazi, right? Let's imagine the Nazi uh, who it doesn't go out and, you know, implement any of their ideas, but they regard uh, all these people, you know, all certain types of people, you know, Jews, uh, uh, gays, you know, whatever, uh, 
um, uh, gypsies as just subhuman, right? Sure. Uh, as people who should die. They're not going to do it themselves, but they think, you know, it'd be a good thing if someone did. Um, uh, I think most libertarians would, I would hope at least, most libertarians would still say, that's a bad person. Now, yes. they're, they're not saying they're violating rights, but they're saying that uh, you're... Inc- mental inclination, the way you view these other people, is wrong. Yes, I mean you're you're and, you're allowed to have the right to be a dick, like yes. like other and other people are allowed to say. I mean, look, you got every right, but man, you're a dick. Right, exactly. like that's and that, and that's okay. Yeah. That's that's not a. There's nothing discordant there. I think people try to create discordance there, where we should be using state power to to eliminate being a dick. Right. And and yeah. I just don't think that makes any sense. <laughs> which, which in that sense, maybe they should start with themselves first. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, and then the problem will be solved. <laughs> yeah, because there's no discordance. I mean, you have every right to be an asshole, and I've got every right to say you're a fucking asshole. And, right, and, exactly. and and it goes the other way too. I've I've been a dick. I, I have a tendency to be a little bit I've got some character flaws, sure. Right? But I'm allowed to have those character flaws. The state doesn't get to tell me not to have them. Other people do. Other people can say, hey, man, you're being kind of an asshole. And I can say, "Uh, fuck you. Or I can say, shit, you're right. I'm sorry. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, So like people who don't. And also, you know, not only. So there's a case, obviously, I think a very strong case that, you know, you have to separate moral virtues from moral rights. Yes. Um. They, they must be separate, but there's also another sense I think is even stronger, which is to say that in in regards to certain virtues, it is logically impossible um, to say that they're the rights and the virtues are the same thing. So, for example, right? Um, one example I, we've talked about this in the past, but I think it's it's good to reiterate sometimes, which is that um, the virtue that you should love your neighbor, right? Okay. Um, now, generally, when we talk about uh, an aspect of, like, loving your neighbor, usually we, they're implicit in that is that there has to be some amount of authenticity, right? Because they're oh, saying sure. you should commit this a- action, which is, you know, um, you should, uh, you know, and, you know, love in this sense can be more of, like, an action than, like, a, a feeling. But you, you know what I mean? Where it's, like, you should be generous to this person, you should be kind, uh, you know, uh, respectful, you know, you, people may have, you know, their quibbles with, like, certain definitions of what I just said, but just go, go with that. Whatever it means, whatever yeah. that term means, it, it does imply an act or omission, at least, that, that you yes. should engage in that, that would, that Honest. would... Right, and you right. Should honestly, do it. you're not being deceptive. Because if you're yes. being deceptive, then you're not really committing the action, as they're saying. As they're saying, you should commit the action, right? So there's yes. an implicit sense in which you should do it virtuously. Now, if some, and now if someone said that, okay, well, no, actually, virtues and obligations and rights are the same thing. Um, then it seems to me that they would come to a point where they're saying, uh, "Love, love thy neighbor," can be forced at the point of the gun. Right. So mm-hmm. someone who doesn't love their neighbor can be coerced into doing so. But once you do that, you're not they're not actually performing the virtue in the first place. Yes, it's it's right? it's it's because it's, it's, because it's inherently and, dishonest. And the person who is doing it honestly would never need to be coerced in the first place. So it's pointless on both ends. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's so self-defeating. Right. Yeah. So I think a good way to like this between like um 
um, virtues and, and rights is like a right is obligatory in a sense that uh, you are obligated to respect the rights of others. Right? Yes. Yeah, if someone right or a claim, you were more. We would say you're morally obligated to respect that right and refrain from violating the right. A right, a Im- and a right implies this is this is something we've talked about before. But just to fill out what you just said, um, the, a right also implies, and you did say it, but in other words, a duty to act or yes. omit a certain action. Um, with regard yes. to the right that exists, every right has a corresponding duty between sapient beings. I should say every yes. every right has a corresponding duty, which which then creates that relationship. The fulfillment of the right is lies in the duty the other individual has to act or Correct. to omit a particular action. That that is, and that that relationship must be justified. That's the must be justifiable. Correct. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. Continue. Thank you. No, thank you for that clarification, because that does help. I, I know that helps people when they hear that. Um, um, but but a, a way to view rights and virtues is that from, from the perspective of right, it's it, as I said, it's obligatory. You have a duty to respect a person's right or like refrain from violating it. Right. Um, a, a, a virtue is something on the perspective of enforceability A virtue is something that's supererogatory and something that's supererogatory would be something that uh, it's good to do, but you're not obligated to do it uh, from a moral perspective. Yes. Uh, in, in the, or that you're not, you're not, it's not obligated to be enforced. I should say. Yes. Uh, from, from a, from uh, a, from a, from an enforced perspective, it's not obligated, even though morally from, you may have. Yeah, obligation. You may, yeah, you may be more, for example, it, it could it possibly, it's possible that it's both a moral obligation uh, that you give to the poor, but it's supererogatory from a rights-based perspective. Right. Um, the so poor, yeah. the poor so have no right is, to your money, uh, but you are but it, you it, are it, free it, to and probably should give them some. Correct. Yeah. That. Yes. Yeah, and it works in in terms of like other things, which which can be both. For example, like murder. <laughs> like there's a there's a there is a moral. Uh, duty um, that is correlate to the moral right that the other has to live. You have the moral duty to omit the act of murder, right? You have a moral duty not to murder them. Um, And plus also it's enforceable (laughs) as a, as a right and a moral duty. It works or a, a moral obligation works both ways. Correct. But they, they exist on separate, they're separate analyses for both. Yeah, they they it's like you know um, they they overlap but not one to one. Would you say okay? Would you would you say an easy way to then sort of explain that because we kind of stumbled through some of that? Would you say it would clarify it to say, um, or I stumbled through it? You were very clear. Um, <laughs> would you would you say it's it is uh, it's it, it it sort of it's sort of limiting to say that as far as a moral right. And an enforceable, or as far as a as far as a moral duty and an enforceable duty goes, right? That that these two planes, these are two separate planes, two separate. Uh, uh, oh, what's the term I'm thinking of? Um, two separate uh, continuums on which any action can fall, and those action, then those two continuums are jointly exhaustive but not mutually exclusive. Yeah, I think that's a, fa- a very fair way to... Uh, With regard to, I, to I, a human action. 
Cor- correct. Yes, I think that's I think that's a very good uh, good metaphor analogy. Yeah, it's like every every human action you could take is going to fall somewhere on those two spectrums, but it doesn't necessarily have to fall in the same place on those two spectrums. So correct. Where you have you might have something that is that that you ought to do morally. Right. And it falls all the way on the you, you should do this part of the of that spectrum. But no one can make you do it. Correct. On the enforceability yes. spectrum. And there, it's totally different ends. Yeah. 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 And, and we're not I, I, I'll speak for myself. I'm not making any claim about what it is that you should do morally. I'm just saying that I'm just making the claim that these things I do believe it does. What you should do morally is a thing that exists, but I'm not making a claim about what that is. But I'm just sure. saying that whatever it is, this is how it interacts with uh, a rights-based theory. Yes, and that's the and that's that's again that's the strength of kind of where what the NAP does is the NAP answers the enforcement question, and it leaves us to focus on the uh, the the yeah. question of these higher moral questions about like not just right. when can you use violence to make somebody do what you want, but Right. When is it? What is right to do, and what is wrong to do? Those are things we get to debate and come to conclusions on ourselves, and they're not. It's not prescribed by the NAP. That's a different thing. And also, also, if you think if you think the NAP is saying, if you're one of the people that thinks, well, the NAP is saying uh, everything not d- barred by the NAP is morally justified, then you come to a very weird uh, conclusion where you have contradictory outcomes uh, you do. Right? so yeah. an example of this right so let's say an example of this would be this uh so prostitution is not barred by the nap so prostitution uh is you know morally justified uh but people who also think uh prostitution is evil are also morally justified uh so you you know what i mean so you kind of get to the point where like well how, how are both morally justified when they seem to be in opposing directions right um uh, you get this very weird, like almost flattening of it, um, which is almost to the point where the, the people talking would not be saying anything of value. Um, um, right. So, so yeah, in some sense, I, again, I think most libertarians, even if they don't like say it or articulate it that way, already believe tacitly that, yeah, something can be immoral, even if the NAP has nothing to say about it. Right. Uh, most people don't like uh, there's a lot of things people do that a lot of people think is wrong, not just that they don't like it, but actually wrong, right? And yeah. an easy one might be, you know, obviously racism or something like that, treating another, a group of people uh, as subhuman or less deserving of, like... Or even things that people. even things that only hurt yourself. I mean, you think about things like drug use, right? Where it's... Yeah. That's, that's one of the common ones that's brought up. Is like, is it wrong to abuse methamphetamine? I, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, it's probably morally wrong to abuse methamphetamine, but I don't think that it's a rights violation that, that necessitates enforcement. Does that make sense? Like, it's two different things. Right. It's probably, yeah, it's morally yeah. wrong. I have no problem saying that. But I think libertarians are afraid to cede that ground. I, I noticed this, too, with people who were, like, almost, almost kind of fresh libertarians or, or libertarians who haven't. The, the instinct is there. Um, but they, they, they don't or won't or don't have the time or whatever it is. And I don't expect people to spend all their time doing this shit, but they haven't thought about it that much or they haven't read about it that much. And they, mm-hmm. they want to be these non-judgmental creatures whereby anything which does not violate the nap is of no concern to the middle. Right. Um, yeah. and I think that there's a certain level of like, well, I mean, yeah, that's the point with regard to what you want the state to do. 
But you have to have standards for your own life. Right. Like, like you have to have... Yeah, I mean, like, look, for example, would you, would you uh, uh, be friends with, like, let's say you had a, a bunch of your friends who were uh, Jewish, would you then incorporate, an, a, you know, a, the pacifist Nazi into your friend group? Uh, just because they're not being, you know, they're not aggressing, right? So obviously, you know, uh, it would seem to me that I, I think that person would have to have standards, as you said, right? Right. Uh, it's like, yeah, no, you're you're not going to associate with certain people, and you're going to base that determination, or you're going to base that association off of some type of determination that's not involved in the nap whatsoever. I think I think it's a I think it's an interesting thing whereby the the libertarians in particular that I'm talking about and the people who mm-hmm. argue with libertarianism as a as a uh, or argue with the non-aggression principle as if it's a fully formed moral theory. Um, I, I think I think they make the same mistake, yes. and that is to assume that a negative moral judgment upon an action serves as an independent basis for state enforcement. And mm-hmm. and yeah. that's just not the case. You, you have to decouple no. those two things. Just because the thing yeah. is wrong doesn't mean the state gets to step in. Um, right. And a thing is allowed it's to a, be wrong, and the state doesn't get to stop it. I remember talking to a person. So the, um, I was having a discussion with a religious person um, about like whether someone had a right to suicide. Right. Yes. Um, and I remember that is one of the more interesting I, questions. Do you get to do you get to yeah. tackle the guy who's about to shoot himself in the head? I do love that question. Right. It's a yeah. it is a so it's a really I, interesting. I, just, I do want to say I do want to say here my answer to this. Um, uh, if I saw like my friend or something or so just someone even just a random person about to commit suicide, I would intervene. Yes. Uh, truthfully. Yeah. And I would I'm willing to say I do think that would probably be a nap violation in yes. most cases. Yes. And I'm willing. To- that i'm willing yeah, to pay absolutely it's it's the it's the mr incredible thing it's yeah you can stop a guy from committing suicide and you still lose the civil suit because you broke his bones right yes like i'm exactly. and i'm okay with that outcome i'm, I'm okay all right with that, with that. <laughs> so that is what i would personally do in a practical situation My, i do fall on the side of you do have a right to do it now i'm willing to say it may be very well immoral in in some cases uh to commit suicide now um I do want to say, uh, now, when I told them this, they thought this was just completely illogical. They, like, they didn't really, like, get what I was saying. So I think sometimes you have to understand what, when you're saying someone has a right to do something, I think some people confuse the word right to do something as if it's rightful in a moral sense. Yes, yes, yes. That's not what we mean. When we say someone has a right to do something, you can rephrase it, and it's the same thing. Um, as saying another person does not have a is not justified in using physical violence against them. Yes, uh, and that yeah. that is nothing of it. It's moral or immoral in in a enforceability. Um, those again, those can be on two different continuums. Yeah. Um, but I do. Yeah, so yeah, I am. I am. I am glad though that your because your answer to that is fast. The 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 the. Can you tackle the guy who's about to kill himself? Because that, that to me, I had the same thought about it, which is like, you know, it's probably a, a violation of the nap for me to do that. And I'm probably mm-hmm. doing it anyway because I think it's morally right. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so I'm willing it's, to pay restitution for that. Yeah, exactly. If he wants to come after me for it, okay, well, I made my bed, but, uh, but I know what I did. Just like that, because those two continuums are not um, 
They're, they are jointly exhaustive, but they're not mutually inclusive. So something can be right. morally right and an app violation. It can be both. Yes. So, for example, I, I could, uh, it, like, for example, if, if someone was, um, if someone was, uh, like, if my family was starving or something, right, I probably, I, I would. I would definitely, like, steal food from some store yep. uh, and then feed them. Now, is this wrong in a, a more in a right sense? Yeah, it, would the would the owner have a right to stop me from stealing? Yes, yes absolutely. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you can, but you know, I'd still do it and I'd pay restitution when I could. But yeah, uh, but yeah, that that's yeah, that's like that's kind of like how I handle the edge cases um, a lot. Yeah, and there are and those edge cases do exist. Yeah, but it's it, there has to be some independent ground. For mm-hmm. there has to be it, those things exist on independent justifications. Yes. Like it, you, you can't justify, for example, with like the tackling or stealing bread to feed your family. You you can't you can't justify that on the rights continuum. You just can't do it. Right. You have no right to do that. None whatsoever. Correct. However, <laughs> you do have a moral duty to feed your family, and so right. that moral duty. It's not that it trumps. The other, it's not that it either trumps the other. No. There's no, no trump no, card no. here. You're still responsible right. for having stolen food. Correct. You are still owe restitution. If it trumped it, you wouldn't owe restitution. Exactly. You still would owe restitution. Yeah. 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 It's, the, it's exactly this. It's the Mr. Incredible thing. Yeah. You stopped mm-hmm. the guy from committing suicide. You also broke his bones. So you get to pay him. Right. <laughs> like, you, like, that's, that, I mean, that's, yes. You did a morally yeah. right thing. But you also did a thing, you, you used violence on somebody when it was not justified to do it, and so you have yeah. to make that right. <laughs> yeah. And I feel so often, like, with a lot of the times, like, um, uh, for a lot of people, if you say that, like, and again, you especially, we talked about this before, but on the religious right side of things, um, if you say that this is not a nap violation, they almost read it as if you're saying, then it's fine. It's completely good. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, oh, sure. But, well, it's it, the reverse. It's, it's like, the reverse of the issue that I was having, where, where libertarians and, have a hard time getting to this thing is morally wrong, regardless of yeah. whatever the enforcement question is. Um, oh. There are people, uh, the people who argue against libertarianism have a hard time getting, getting past, well, the nap doesn't say it's bad, therefore you must think it's good. Well, not necessarily. And no. <laughs> one of the criticisms. One of the criticisms is that, oh, well, if you really believe this is morally wrong, why are you always talking about nap so often? It's like, well, because you're advocating violence. Yeah, that's why that's we're talking the thing about the that nap. deals with the thing you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, like if someone is advocating state violence or just violence in general uh, against uh, like some group or something, even if I think the group is doing something like you know immoral in a in a virtue sense i'm not going to like jump on the bandwagon saying that they're being morally uh you know uh, disvirtuous or something like that i'm going to say no you do not get to use violence against them yeah. sorry uh yeah uh and, and, and you know until they concede that i'm not having any further discussion with them you right. know what i mean like that's my line in the sand there yeah uh, the- <laughs> And, but it's a but it's a very common thing that people that people think that this is supposed to be a fully formed moral theory, and it's not. Right. It's what yeah. allows us to have arguments about other questions of morality apart from is it right to use violence here? That 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 ends up being a very simple answer. But we can have other conversations 
I mean, it, it's the it's the same as it's um, it's why you and I both tend to uh, profess a, a a deontological sort of ethical framework, mm-hmm. not based on the nap, but based on a, the deontological ethical framework, separate and apart from that, just as it exists. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Like for example, if we we've talked about like you know. Uh, our influences um, specifically in the in, in terms of like Kant, right? And you know, sure. with um, the the moral proposition that you should not treat others as uh, mere means that you should treat yes. them as ends in themselves. You can treat a person as a mere means without violating the nap. Yes, uh, absolutely. I, I think nap violations do involve treating people as mere means, but you could you you could also you know treat them as means without ever violating sure it's it's like all all uh all nap violations are violations of the kingdom of ends but not all violations of the kingdom of ends are nap violations it's it's squares and rectangles um right yeah exactly yeah which is which is one of those things that it's very it's but that's why it's why we're allowed to have that conversation is because the nap's not a fully formed moral theory. So we can have conversations about where other things fall on those spectrums of, of whether or not they are good. And it's separating, again, it's separating. And I I will describe it as, and I think I, I I don't know if I'm using the terminology incorrectly or not, but it works for me because I think about it in terms of court, but it's like, it's separating justice from law, right? The, the Mm -hmm. idea that, that law and justice conceptually are two separate things. I see, I see nap level stuff as law and justice Mm -hmm. to me is a question of higher moral virtue. Um, it's why I, I like things like jury nullification, for example, where it's like, I mean, if you have somebody who's on trial for stealing bread for feeding their family, I'm not convicting him because I think what he did was morally right. Even if it is legally wrong. Right. Right. But that's my own personal prescription on that. Someone can disagree. Someone can say, well, no, this is the other more. The rights violation is the more important part of this. They can disagree with me on that. And that's fine. But that's but you're allowed to have those conversations because they're different. (laughs) They're two separate things. Um, And and truthfully, this is why I don't believe like here's the thing. Right. Sometimes people and, you know, I I don't want to get too long because we could, you know, go on a huge tirade about this. Oh, sure. The concept of libertarian unity. Right. Um, uh, I've had separate, I've had different thoughts on this over time. And part of it is because people are talking about different things when they say libertarian unity. So let me give you two examples, right? One example is libertarian unity where, you know, most people just agree on the nap and it's kind of like train analogy we used uh, last episode or yes, yes. uh, Where it's like, well, okay, we both agree on the non-aggression principle. So, and you know, no, even if we might have different cultural, beliefs or whatever we're still going to you know be united in this state violence is wrong um i'm you know i'm much more you know i can be persuaded by that type of libertarian unity but that yes you know we agree on the nap and that we're going to focus on nap violations sure um sure i I, i'm much more on board with that i'm I'm, I'm very amenable to that yeah there's another type of libertarian unity where they are trying to like create this middle ground between people who have different types of belief, non-nap beliefs, and trying to create a middle ground uh, and unify around that. And I think that's doomed to fail. Oh no, um, that's not going to work. Because here's the thing, right? Think of all the things libertarians do agree on or should agree on. Let's say the ideal libertarian should agree on, which is like the, the non-aggression 
people uh, in general. Let's let's ignore the like edge cases, gray areas for a second. You know, standard libertarian non-aggression principle. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, if you're a good libertarian, I think you should all all good libertarians on on that. Now, think of all the things libertarians don't agree on. It vastly outnumbers. The oh things yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's not... I mean, just in a very general sense, um, religion, ethics, yes. like like these big big fucking questions yeah. that libertarians do not agree on. Yeah. So um, this is one of the you know you could it's not a downside in the sense that it's uh, as I said it's like an accident uh, um, uh, that you know libertarianism is not a comprehensive theology. Uh, but it is one of the downsides of like this is just one of the costs of not having a com- yeah uh, comprehensive ideology is that there's going to be a lot more room for disagreement on things that are is not about that's not about the ideology. I think that's one of the I think that's one of the things that tempts people to turn their religion into a political ideology is because they're they're yeah. they're the the it's so tempting to have a single thing inform everything you believe. Um, yes, it, no, it very is, it very much is because then you you know you it's kind of like a script, right? You can just in, look at the script and say this is what I should believe in this and just follow it along, right? Um, the the trail. yeah, yeah, and the and the position too, like I mean, whether to to the point that people argue back and forth, and I you see this in in conversations between libertarian Christians and conservative Christians in particular, where you'll have a libertarian Christian arguing that. Um, that there is no justification for the state in Christianity. And then you'll have the, the conservative, uh, politically conservative Christian arguing that, no, there are justifications for the state here, here, and here in, on these verses. Mm-hmm. And then the libertarian Christian will say, oh, no, that's not what he's saying there. That's not what he's saying there. And that's not what he's saying there. You're reading surface level. You're not looking at what's at everything else that's in that in that section or in that book or, or the context surrounding that verse, whatever it is. And those, those, those arguments will go on and on and on. And I'm just thinking like, isn't it okay for your religion to be silent on politics? Like, is it right. like, is it so, do you need to have one source of everything you think so badly that, that you cannot allow your religion to be silent on your political position. Like, it's just unconscionable mm-hmm. to you. You can't even accept it as a possibility. Now, if it's not silent on that, if you truly believe that your religion is not silent on these political questions, fine. But yeah. I see sometimes people reaching. <laughs> yes. Where it's just like, yeah. you know, it's possible you're just making something here where there's nothing. It's possible right. that you're just trying to torture this to make it support your preconceived notion politically. Yeah. And also, like, I, I do want to, like, re- uh, kind of clarify what I said, because uh, even in, like, you know, uh, more comprehensive ideologies, like a religion or something, um, there's still vast disagreement even within that religion. Yes. But it, even more so when you don't have a comprehensive ideology. Um, and, and by comprehensive, I'm not trying to, like, dig at libertarianism. I'm just saying it does not talk. It does not give an answer. It does not spit out an answer to everything in a, in a, that is completely coherent to each other. It accepts um, its limitations, even if libertarians yeah. don't want it to. Like, right. even yes. if even if libertarians really don't want libertarianism to accept its limitations, to 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 not have anything to say about the uh, the, the general morality of feeding the poor. 
libertarianism has nothing to say about that. I'm sorry. Right. You could have you could have a, a, a libertarian uh, Satanist. You could have a libertarian Christian. Right. You could have a you know you could have a libertarian uh, you know uh, prostitute, libertarian you know uh, you know church lady. You could have all these things um, that uh, seem like completely opposite ends of the spectrum, but united on one specific area. Yeah, um, all these things can exist. Um, now, and, and, and that's not to say that's not to say either from a practical perspective that like, well, I want libertarianism. I want to prove libertarianism can work. I want to be part of this. And so I want to take responsibility for feeding the poor or whatever it is. Like I want I want to do that so that there's oh, less reason right. for people to argue the state should do it. That is fine. But that's oh, not yes, yes. that doesn't come from a libertarian precept. That is you putting your beliefs into action. That's it's a different thing. Almost. Yes. Yeah. It, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's you making a that's you making a positive change in an attempt to um it, it's 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 pragmatic you and you more palatable yes it's pragmatic and it's almost forgive me praxian to say well i want to make i want to get rid of this excuse that the state has to give this so i'm going to give it myself right well, yeah, no, good. I mean, cool. Libertarianism didn't tell you to do that. You chose to do that in support of libertarianism. That's two different things. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. I, that's, that's a very good distinction because I feel like a lot of people get confused about like what things would help libertarianism work versus what things does libertarianism prescribe? Yes. Those are not the same question. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, we, 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 <laughs> we got off on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but all, all of that to say to a certain extent, like it's okay if you are a, if it's, it's okay to be a libertarian and have a problem morally with divorce. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It, but that's separate, especially if it comes, I mean, if it comes from a religious place or even, even just from a personal morality, uh, that that doesn't get to determine the legal relationship between these people um or between you and your spouse like you have to come to an agreement on on your morals on that whether that's whether that's religious or 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 spiritual or just pure morality maybe you have totally practical concerns that make you think it's immoral to get divorced mm-hmm. whatever it is that doesn't make it law and that doesn't mean it should be law yeah yeah there's no there's no way to bridge that gap, I don't think, logically. And mm-hmm. especially when you have this is the other thing too. There were some people who were making very consequentialist arguments um in favor of no fault divorce and against no fault divorce. Mm-hmm. It's one of those situations where you know, I I've I've said before that I think a lot about um and we've we've spoken before I get into this, we've spoken before about how statistics should not be a a a guide to policy. Statistics mm-hmm. are are observations. They're not yes. you you can't just say, I want to make the opposite of what the statistic says happen, so I'm gonna make this illegal. Like you can't do that. That's not how it works. Um But there are statistical arguments for things like well, uh if 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 parents stay together, kids have better outcomes. And then there's statistics, there's statistical arguments that are, that are equally, I think, uh, compelling. And I'm, I'm, I'm convinced of the truth of both actually that like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's true. 
except where the relationship is full of conflict and it's constantly unstable. That actually leads yeah. to worse outcomes for kids. Yeah, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, like I think both of those are true. Like like there might like it's a it's like a bell curve. Like yeah. there might there's there's, a, there's, there's no a, inherent it's not inherently contradictory though. They're mutually exclusive those two propositions, right? right. Because on one hand you have well if the marriage is great and, you know, then kids are going to grow up better than if the marriage is not great. That's or basically even, the claim on the first one. Or even moderately then, functional. If the marriage is oh, moderately yeah, yeah. functional, you'll probably have better yeah. outcomes for the kids. That's probably true. Right. Which does not preclude that, oh, yeah, if there's a lot of turmoil in this, then, yeah, you should not, should, those kids should not be around that. Right. Uh, right. That's, uh, that, that actually causes worse outcomes for the kids than yeah. kids whose parents are divorced. <laughs> right. <laughs> like there's a like well, it's also like uh, hmm would would you rather if, if someone is swinging like a hammer in your living room would you rather be close to them or away from them? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. You know it's like uh it's like well yeah obviously you'd rather be away from them, right? So like even if even if you know it'd be better we could say that oh yeah wouldn't it be better if this person was just good and was not swinging a hammer sure that'd be great but they are so yeah. uh, we gotta get out of here exactly <laughs> exactly um but those kinds of arguments too to me tend to fall flat because i'm like but there's not but you can't tell me why because first of all the statistics support both conclusions because the the statistically, yeah, uh, kids whose parents stay together have better outcomes. True. Also, statistically, kids whose parents split up uh, have better outcomes. Yeah, that's also that's also true. Yeah, right. It's very context yeah. specific. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So so like the more variables you add in, the more it's like, and eh, both are okay, probably. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I don't find it very convincing anyway. But it's also like the, those kinds of consequentialist arguments I don't like. I did find one that was funny though. Where a woman, there was this woman who said, uh, you realize that before no fault divorce, women just poison their husbands, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I don't know how true that is, but I find it funny. <laughs> There's probably I mean, something I'm there. Sure, I'm sure there was pro- it was probably higher than it is now. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would think there's something to it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I was, I was kind of, well, you know, in, in, in this modern age, there's very little that surprises me. I was going to say I was surprised by the outrage against no fault divorce. Yeah. But you I'm, know, you know, what's nice. Uh, I'm going to be a shill here for a second. I don't see any of this stuff on blue sky. <laughs> and maybe I'm just insulated. Maybe I'm just like really, really insulated there. And I'm sure that's probably true. But everyone kind of conforms to my definition of normal. Uh, that's and very nice. Insane. And it, it's very nice and peaceful there. I, I, I've uh, made an analogy that it's sort of like my nature retreat, right? Uh, uh, that I go there to detox. It's like touching grass. Uh, yeah, it's, it's where I go to touch grass. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. Oh man, it, you it log just... on Twitter and it's like a, another day in hell. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Wake up. <laughs> it's the the community gift where he walks in with the pizza and the apartment's on fire. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's exactly that. 
But it's one of those, I, I mean, oh, oh, I did want to make this point too, because I tweeted this and I don't think it was particularly clear. Um, I didn't clarify it uh, very well. But um, if you hate no-fault divorce, and if, if the complaints that you have are kind of like what I described, which are complaints about family law and, and, and the court system and, and, and family courts in general, um, no-fault divorce, if you get rid of that, you're going to be seeing a lot fucking more of the inside of those courtrooms. Because at that point, you turn every divorce into a civil trial. You turn right, every divorce. Yes. You have to prove that there's grounds for this divorce and you have to try and undercut the proof that there's grounds for this divorce. It turns every right. divorce into a civil trial. If you get rid of no fault divorce, at least with no fault divorce, you have the opportunity to just say, hey, let's just do third party mediation and split up. If you fucking want it that bad, you cunt like you're free to do that. Like you can say that you can do that with no fault divorce. Can't do it. If that's gone. I think, I think a, a certain amount of people, though, aren't like thinking that far ahead. I, I think for many of them, when they say they don't want, uh, they uh, they don't like no fault divorce. I think what they really mean is no divorce whatsoever. Yeah, uh, and they're and they're so dishonest about it because then they'll argue like. Uh, like with this Crowder situation, they'll argue like, well, in a situation like this where there's this kind of abuse going on, people saying abuse or whatever, and it's like, well, d- abuse becomes a grounds by which you can have divorce. And it's like, yeah, but what happened in that video is probably not legally abuse. Mm-hmm. That situation is probably not legally abuse, even if we would consider it right. to be colloquially kind of abuse between between, you know, uh, fucking us, us here on the Internet. Um, mm-hmm. that, that is probably not legally abuse. Right. So, so you're, you run into a problem where the law is not necessarily going to comport with what, um, functional healthy people would consider to be an unhealthy situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's kind of the problem that you run into there where it's like, well, that, that provides the grounds and it's like, yeah, but that's not. And then there are people who were arguing this. There are people who are arguing, like, people get separated before no-fall divorce. Like, they would just separate and live in different places and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, that's legally actionable. It's called desertion. Yeah. That's not a solution. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that's not, a, that's not a solution to the issue. And then you have all these other, right. you have all these other uh, questions of, um, like, for example, a grounds for divorce. Um, a grounds for divorce can be not having sex with your, with your spouse. Um, right, right. Now, uh, uh, I'm, I mean, look, my personal opinions about what makes a healthy relationship aside, you should be fucking your spouse. Um, <laughs> my, my, my personal opinions about that aside, um, I don't think there should be any legal mandate that you fuck someone. <laughs> yeah. Seems kind of like, wrong. Um, rape slavery? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> It kind of sounds like um, it, it's it's a hop, skip, and a jump away from legalizing marital rape. I'm not a huge fan of it, just conceptually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's, so so it's even like even if I do agree conceptually that like well this is a bad way to treat your spouse and so that could be that would be grounds for a divorce. It's like yeah, but I first of all I don't want to have that conversation in open court. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to, I mean, how are we going to do that in open court? What do you want right. to have happen in open court? What conversations do you want? What about you? Do you want coming out in open court when your spouse has to prove that you're an asshole and she should be allowed to leave? Right. Even if you're not doing anything that's particularly bad, you're still going to look really fucking bad. 
Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you just be like, again, just from a practical perspective, uh, you, you know, what do you think it would be easier, right? Trying to argue this in court and like, you know, uh, or like just having them leave, right? Do you want to be tangled up in courts, uh, like in court cases, like for years? Yeah. <laughs> or do you want to, uh, you know, just say, okay, all right. You know what? You know what causes kids to have a real hard time in life generally? Contentious, what? angry divorces. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> kids yeah. are caught up in that. Oh man, it's so it's so bad the way that that affects mm-hmm. kids. Contentious, angry divorces. And if you want to make every single fucking divorce contested, that's what you're asking for. No right, fault yeah. divorce streamlines that to the point that not every divorce is contested. Mm-hmm. It's it's people have the ability to just walk away. And in 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 more cases than would be possible otherwise, depart as friends. And say, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll continue to raise our children together. We just I just can't fucking live with you. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. fine. That's the better outcome. Right. Yeah. If the relationship is non-functional, that's the outcome you want. Right. And so the, the, uh, this, this argument against no-fault divorce seems to be coming from a place of either ignorance or malice. Yep. Because there's no... To me, it just seems like you're, you're, you want bad outcomes for people. In a lot yep, of cases, no, that's outside of the fact that you cannot justify this. You can't yep. justify the state forcing someone to stay in a marriage. Right. I don't know. And if, and if you're that worried about alimony, that's what prenups are for. If I can get one signed, man. <laughs> I, agree, I agree with people who have those complaints about the family law system. I do, truly. But mm-hmm. yeah. honestly, you can protect yourself. It's fine. <laughs> Just don't do it. People bring up Mary J. Blige all the time. They're like, I don't know why I'm on such... I'm on fucking... I'm so AD, ADD right, ADHD right now about this. But um, <laughs> people, people bring up Mary J. Blige all the time. Because she had to pay alimony to her husband even though they had a prenup. You know what the difference between Mary J. Blige and you is? What's that? Mary J. Blige was a millionaire and her husband was her manager. They had a business relationship. Oh, that that alimony. They they ignored the prenup and and forced that alimony because of the business relationship. Mm. The pre-existing business relationship. (laughs) (laughs) So um, maybe be more careful about how you do your business contracts with your spouse if you're doing business contracts <laughs> with your spouse, which is not generally a good idea either. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the people were bringing that up, and it's just like Mary J. It didn't work out. The prenup didn't work out for Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige uh, made her husband her business partner and manager. <laughs> kind of undercut that whole mm-hmm. everything I have is mine when right. uh, your partner in business has a say. <laughs> right. But yeah, so I'm just saying there's there are ways around these kinds of issues, but uh, mm-hmm. arguing against no fault divorce is a is a dumb argument. It's it's yeah, a, I... it doesn't really have any basis in reality. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of pissed that Crowder even brought it up because he knows. He has to know. I, I, I oftentimes I think like they know they're just throwing out there for rage bait. They're like, Oh, how could, how could she do this? She just walked out, you know, or, and, you know, very much like poisoning the well. Yeah. Because it seems to me that he knows if he has any self-awareness at all, he knows 
if if he has any self awareness at all, and if the video is accurate to the, the dysfunction in their relationship and where it's coming from, he should at, he he probably on some level should know at least that he should just sit there and be contrite and say, "I was an asshole, and she left me because I was an asshole." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the long and short of it. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to say, "Well, the state of Texas, she, she can just walk away," and blah, blah, blah. it's like, <laughs> "Shut up!" <laughs> yeah, it's always more complicated than that. Always, mm-hmm. there's very few cases. It does happen. There are cases where these, like, there's a, there's a certain, there's a type of woman, perhaps, that might have a, uh, that might just be like, I'm just not happy, and I'm bored, and I'm leaving. That does happen. Sure. It's very rare. I, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly, right. <laughs> it's also, yeah, I, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure there's some types of, like, you know, narcissistic, you know, woman out there who would do that or something, maybe for whatever reason. But as you said, I, I, I that's a very rare, I would, I would think, and also, it's like, if everything is going great, what they have to leave, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, well, there's very few people who get lawyers involved to increase their happiness. Right, yes. Like, that's not, that's not, a, that's that's not so, a general path one takes right. to happiness, is hold on, I have to call a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not particularly common. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry. I just had so many ADD thoughts about the no fault divorce thing. We went all over no, the goddamn fine. place. Um, did you have anything else on this particular topic? Um, no. I think that's. I think I'm good. Um, I'm 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 happy with what's going on with Crowder, though. I am I am kind of happy about it. <laughs> yeah, I've been waiting uh, <laughs> on the internet to turn on that guy for so long because he's always been an ass. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, oh, yeah. My initial, my initial realization that, that, that Crowder is a huge, huge douchebag at the very least mm-hmm. was when he did his show with a goddamn shoulder holster on every time. Yeah. Yes. Every time. Yeah. It's like, bruh, you don't, you, that is so performative. Yeah. It, it's the LARPiest of LARPs. That's not how you, I know that's not how you carry Crowder. I I know that's not how you carry. If you carry out in the world, I know that's not how you do it. Not in fucking Texas. You don't have a jacket capable of covering a shoulder holster on mm. in fucking Texas in the middle of the summer. I know it. I think I think it's possible. And this is another thing too that I, I think these guys are just I think at a certain point they start believing their own alpha male bullshit. Oh, a hundred percent. I definitely believe that, yeah. And they can't they can't bring themselves to um like I I I I have to believe that some of them at least it's to some extent know that what they're selling these boys that listen to them is bullshit, right? Well, it's it's the damn woods uh, adage, which is that it, it first it's a joke, then it's a lifestyle. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. They they start to think that that's real life, right? Um, and not just a grift where they can get money from lonely twenty year old men, right? And then and then they they that's how they implode their lives. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> it's very common. 
the the number of them the, the number of guys who are in like the manosphere right wing trad alpha shit the number of them mm-hmm. whose relationships fall apart yeah it, it seems to be like a lot of divorced males who yeah. are, have sometimes happen to be like the alpha male trad yeah yeah the relationships fall out from under them you saw i mean yeah. honestly god bless jack murphy cuz it started with him <laughs> <laughs> it started with him not because his relationship fell but as I understand it his relationship was fine it was the the fact that the bullshit was exposed right and and then it just started coming down like a house of cards and then Jordan Peterson's yeah. got a benzo addiction and fucking <laughs> <laughs> Steven Crowder's wife leaves him uh yeah <laughs> It it just seems like maybe these aren't the guys you want to listen to for life advice. Yeah. That's just a thought. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, I got distracted again. I was trying to end the show. <laughs> um, oh, you're fine. We've been going for two hours. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, you can just find me. Uh, my subsec is acircus.substack.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ace underscore arcist and on blue sky now at ace arcist uh, dot social dot bisky, uh, uh, which is uh, like the full handle. OK, cool. How do you spell that yeah, last just, part there? I, so it's just like blue sky, but short, right? Um, oh, oh, B S B S K Y. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Just if you if you go on Blue Sky and you just type in Ace Arcus, it should you should find it. The, the the only difference between that and my Twitter is there's no underscore uh, in, oh, okay. in the Blue Sky one. So yeah, that's it. Cool. Um, Pacing Joe Scott on Twitter J O U S K A, and uh, that's all I've got for that. Um, uh, sorry, I fucking <laughs> I realize I'm looking at the waveform. I I talked for way too long because for like forty minutes. No, like, no, <laughs> no, no. It was good. It was My good. bad. I got I got off no, on a no, tangent. Um uh all right, thank you all so much for listening and uh we'll we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one. Later guys. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the End Times Continue. For links and other information, come see us at TETC.show.